So would you give a warm welcome to Reverend Dr. Lisa Autar, please. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Nick. Well, once again, we welcome each one of you, and we are glad that you are here. There was a little boy visiting his rich uncle. And of course, as little boys do, he was running around and playing, even though repeatedly his uncle told him not to, when all of a sudden he accidentally broke a vase in the house. Well, his uncle got so angry, he started to yell, do you have any idea how old this vase is? It's been in the family for so many years, it's over a hundred years old. The little boy sighed with relief and said, thank goodness, I thought it was new. Today's sermon on, in the series, Now is the Time, is entitled, To Use What You Have. Now is the time to use what you have. And if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4, starting from verse 1. And if you are able to, would you stand as we read God's word? The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me what you have in your house. Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and afterward shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that is contained in it. And we thank you for the ability for it to change and to transform our lives. We pray this evening that you would open up our hearts and our minds to your word and help us, Lord, to be obedient as we respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. Have you ever come to the point in your life where it may feel like everything seems to be going wrong. It may seem like there's something that's coming from every direction attacking you. Well, for this widow, we see that she was not just grieving the loss of her husband, but now she was worried because they were in debt. The creditors were coming. So she just finished experiencing the loss of her husband, and now she's worried that the creditors are going to come and take her sons. She had this big problem on her shoulders. 
And it, for her, it just seemed like it wasn't going to stop. And she came to that point of going to Elijah and telling him, what is it that I can do? The situation seems so intense. And you see, this woman's husband revered the Lord, the scripture said. So he was a man of God. He believed in God. He trusted in God. And we don't know exactly if this woman did as well, but we know that her husband did. And most likely if the husband did, so did the rest of the family. And so they served God, but yet she still, they still had this problem. You see, as Christians, there are times where we will go through difficult situations. There are times where we will experience hardships and difficulties, and we are not exempt from those things. We are not exempt. Serving God does not exempt us from those hardships and from those problems. In verse 1, it tells us that this man revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his sons. By serving God, we are not exempt from problems and hardships in life. Just as how this widow and her family were not exempt, we aren't either. Throughout the Bible, throughout the scriptures, it tells us about people who were not exempt from problems and hardships. And it's not to be negative, but it is the reality of the situation. That Christ tells us that there will be troubles, that there will be trials, that there will be things that we will have to go through. In the early church, we read about Christians who were being persecuted because of their faith. Today, in many countries, there are still people all around the world who are being persecuted because of their faith. And in different places here, we're lucky in Canada and blessed that we don't have to go through those difficult persecutions. But people in different ways can be persecuted. We can be mocked and made fun of by family members and co-workers. We can be uh, uh, shunned by our family if we choose to follow Christ. In different ways, we can experience persecution as well. In Daniel chapter 3, we read of King Nebuchadnezzar who commanded everyone to bow down and worship an image of gold. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused because they chose to serve the one true living God. And because of that, they were punished by being thrown into the blazing furnace. But God protected them so that they were not burned. We also read of Daniel, who King Darius was tricked into passing a decree that said no one would be allowed for the next 30 days to pray to any other God except to him. And Daniel, despite that decree, decided that he was still going to pray to God because that was his God who he trusted in. Because of that decree, he was thrown into the lion's den. But because of his faith and trust in God, God shut the mouths of the lion and it, they did not harm a hair on his head. You see, serving God does not exempt us from problems and hardship, but serving God reminds us that when we go through the fire, we will not be burned. That when we go through the river and the 
water will not sweep over us. That when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will not fear for he is with us. You see, God does not save us necessarily from the hardships and from the trials, but he walks with us through the journey. And he is there in the midst of it all. And so we can be comforted knowing that even when we face hardships, he is there in the midst of it all. There is a song, a hymn, that says, It is well with my soul. And a contemporary music group changed it up and added a little to it and said, The wind and the waves still know his name. They still know his name because God is sovereign. He has control over all things. And we need to remember that even when we face problems, even when we face hardships, even when we go through trials, he is there in the midst of it all. And so we can look those in the eye and know that he is there. He is there in the midst of your marriage difficulties. He is there in the midst of the work situation. He is there when your finances aren't all balancing out. He is there when school seems to be so overwhelming. He is there when your car is having more problems than it should. He is there with all the issues in life. He is right there in the midst of it all. This woman saw that she was going through a very difficult time. But she also saw that in the midst of it all, she didn't have very much. She felt that she didn't have anything. She was poor and she didn't have very much. And so she goes to Elisha and tells him about her debt, tells him about her problem. And naturally, she was focused on what she didn't have. Naturally, she was focused on all of the things that she needed, all of the things that she needed, but she didn't have. As human beings, we naturally can focus on the negative instead of the positive, right? We naturally look at the things that we don't have instead of looking and focusing on the things that we do. Come on, it's true, right? We see advertisements all around us that tell us we need this. We should have this, that life would be better with that, that we need to invest in this, that we need to purchase that. And there are so many things that push themselves in front of us that tell us what you have is not good enough, that you need something even better. But I tell you today to focus on what you do have rather than what you don't have. Focus on what you do have rather than what you don't have. This woman says, I don't have anything. The debt collectors are coming and they're going to take my son and Elijah says to her, what do you have? What do you have? And she thinks and she's thinking hard and there's nothing that I have except, except a small jar of olive oil. But, but what good is that? All that I have is this small jar of olive oil. And he says, that's enough. That's enough. And then he tells her what to go and do with it. You see, we can tend to focus on all of the things we don't have. 
But God wants us to focus on the things that we do have, the blessings that he has bestowed upon us. Whether it's a lot or a little, he says, look at what you have. Look at the things that you have. The hymn writer says, count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. May God bless you so abundantly that you aren't able to count all of those blessings. But may we focus on what we have instead of what we don't have. Society can easily sway us by telling us, you need the latest phone. And when you get the latest phone, guess what? You're going to be behind because a new phone is coming out. Society tells us that you need to buy new furniture. That there's 0% financing on a new car car, that you need to wear a certain brand of clothing, or you should live in a new house or a certain area, that you need this, that you need that. There are so many things that come up against us when society tells us that we need it. We know that what we need even more is Jesus. (laughs) What we need even more is Jesus. What can I have if I don't have the Lord? You see, we can look at all of the things that we don't have, and we can look at all of those things and say, well, I can't do this or I can't do that because I don't have the experience or I don't have a good education or I don't have this or I don't have that. But what is it that you do have? What is it that you have that you can serve the Lord with? How many of you have a cell phone? (laughs) Probably almost all of us right? Almost all of us. If you have a cell phone, guess what? You can be a blessing to someone else. You can use that phone, what you do have, to call someone that you haven't seen in a while. You can use that phone to send a text message. You can use that phone to send an email. You can use that phone to even send a voice note to say, how are you doing? To ask them, how they've been, if there's anything you can do for them. If you have a vehicle, you can be a blessing to someone with what you do have by taking them to a doctor's appointment, by picking them up or dropping them off to or from church. You can be a blessing with what you do have. If you have the gift of teaching, you can be a blessing by helping to teach one of our Sunday school classes or leading one of our small groups. You can be a blessing with what you do have. If you you have the gift of working with children, then we need volunteers to help in our nurseries every Sunday. You can be a blessing with what you do have. You see, instead of focusing on what you don't have, let's start looking and being grateful for what we do have. Stop comparing yourselves to everybody else and stop saying, well, if I only had this, I would be happy. Have you ever heard someone say that? If I only had this, I'd be happy. If I had a baby, I'd be happy. If I had a husband, I'd be happy. If I had a new house, I'd be happy. If I had a new car, I'd be happy. Guess what? You are never going to be happy if your joy comes from something other than God. God is the only one who truly can make us happy. The Apostle Paul says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every and any situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. 
He has learned what it means to be content in Christ. Have we learned the secret of being content in Christ? To stop focusing on all of the things we don't have, but rather focus on what we do. You see, at the end of the day, None of these material things will go with us to heaven. None of these things will last. But he tells us to build up our treasure in heaven. Where moth will not destroy. Where they will not rust. Where thieves will not steal them. Because that is the most important treasure that we could ever want. Amen? Amen. This widow so didn't have very much, and she was in desperate need. And so Elisha told her what to do with the little oil that she had. He told her, go to your neighbors and ask them for jars. Go to your neighbors and ask them to give you jars. In other words, go and ask your neighbors and those around you for help. You have this, but now go and ask them for help. And so this is a reminder to us as the widow went and asked for help for us also to help and support each other in times of need. Help and support each other during times of need. He says, go around and ask for empty jars. Now what she was asking for was nothing out of the blue to be so extravagant. She wasn't asking them to live there or for money. All she was asking was for empty jars. But nonetheless, she was going and asking her neighbors to help. And in the time of need, we need to be open to our brothers and sisters, whether Christian or not, to help in times of need. Whether Christian or not, you see, this journey of being a Christian was never one for us to walk alone, but one for us to live in community with other believers as well, to help and to support each other in times of need. The Bible tells us that we are children of God. So guess what? We are family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And in order for us to help and support our family, we need to be open to the needs of those around us. But not only, and I say not only Christians, not only helping Christians, but we want to extend the hands and feet of Christ to those who don't yet know him. And so we need to be open to helping people, whether they're Christian or not, showing the love of Christ beyond just the four walls of the church, but going out into our community and helping those in need. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17 says, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. And then Matthew 5, verse 42 tells us, give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. We need to help and support each other during times of need. So what are those times of needs that we can be a help and support and blessing to each other? Well, if you know of someone who's grieving the loss of a loved one, just by being there with them can be a help and support. It can be very uncomfortable sometimes because people say, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say in those times. You don't have to say anything. Just your presence of being there can help support 
support and encourage someone during that time of need. If you know that someone has recently gone through a surgery and they're struggling physically, then simply cooking a meal and bringing it over to their house can be a means of helping and supporting them in their time of need. If you know that someone is, has been laid off from their job, then if you hear of a job opening or if you hear of an opportunity, then helping them get that job can be a means of helping and supporting them. If you know of a family who is struggling financially and you're able to be a blessing to them, that can be a means of helping and supporting them. If you know of someone or a family who has just come to Canada by giving them some furniture or some warm clothing, that can be a means of helping and supporting them. If you know of someone who is experiencing a sickness or an illness and they need help in a particular way or even a ride to the doctors, that can be a means of helping and supporting. You see, there are so many different practical ways where we can help and support each other. May we be open to doing so. May we be open to helping to meet the needs of those around us. And you see, we can say to people, I'll pray for you, which is great because we need prayer. I need prayer. I need all the prayer I can get. But at the same time, if we're able to physically help people with practical, tangible ways, then may we do so. You see, when Jesus was with the 5,000 and he was teaching them, they were hungry. And he didn't just say, well, let me finish teaching and then you can go off. He said to his disciples, you feed them. In other words, you meet that need. They have a need, you meet it. If we are able to, may we be open to helping and supporting each other during their time of need. Amen? So this widow had an issue, and Elisha could have easily, through the power of God, done something to help her. In an instant, he could have helped solve her problem. But instead, he tells her what to do with the jars. What to do with the jars. Go into your house. Go and close the door and fill each jar. And when you filled each jar, put it to the side. Continue filling it. He could have easily done something to instantly give her what she needed to get out of her debt, to get out of her situation. But instead, he gave her a part to play. Instead, he tells her what to do to help herself, and then God will do the rest. And in the same way, we must do our part and trust God to do his. We must do our part and trust God to do his. And this comes out of verses four and five. She played a part in this miracle. You see, faith requires belief, but it also requires action. Faith requires both belief and action, and she did both. James chapter 2 verse 17 says, so you see faith by itself isn't enough. 
unless it, is produ- unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. When we trust God enough to follow his leading and guidance, he will come through and hold up his end of the deal. When we trust God and we surrender into his hands, we do our part and he will do his. We can't just expect to sit back and do nothing and watch things happen, which they could, but he gives us a part to play in this. He gives us a part to play in this. You see, if you want to be accepted into a good school, you can't just sit back and expect to get a letter of acceptance. No, you need to do the work. You need to study. You need to go through the tests and the exams and do your part in order to be accepted. Do your part and trust God to do his. If you want to get married then you need to do your part to be the kind of person that someone would want to marry. You need to do your part. You need to go out and meet people. You need to do your part. Do your part and trust God to do his. If you want a certain job, then you need to apply for it. You need to work towards it. You need to do your part and trust God to do his. If you want to get in better shape, then you need to start eating better. You need to go and work out. You need to change your lifestyle. You need to do your part and trust God to do his. You see, there are certain amount of faith and action that is required in order for things to happen. When God told the the children of Israel to march around the walls of Jericho, they were doing their part and trusting God to do his. They marched around in faith. Marching around was not what brought those walls down, but they played a part in believing and putting that belief into action. And God caused those walls to come crashing down. When they came and, and they were face to face with the Red Sea, He told Moses, stretch out your hands and part this sea. God could have easily done it, but he played a part in the miracle. He did his part and trust God for the rest. God allows us in many times to play a part in the miracle that he's performing, in what he is doing. And there is times where he just does things and he is able to, but many times he requires certain action from us. May we do our part and trust God to do his. So this widow went into the house. She started filling the jars. Her sons kept bringing these jars to her. And finally, finally, it came to the point where there were no more jars left. They kept filling and filling. And she said, bring another one. And he says, but there's no jars left. You see, in trusting God to provide, not only did God provide, but God provided more than enough. And when we trust God, he will always provide more than enough. He will always provide more than enough. They had more than what they needed. And so she went and she told the man of God, Elisha, and he told her, go and sell the oil, pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. 
You and your sons can live on what is left. So not only was there enough to pay off what they owed, but there was more left over to take care of them. There was more than enough left over. You see, our math and God's math does not make sense. But the way that God works is beyond our comprehension, beyond our imagination. And when he provides, he provides enough. When God provides, you see, there is no limit to his resources. There's no limit to what he is able to do. He has unlimited amount of power, unlimited amount of resources, and we need to trust that God is more than able. God will always provide more than enough. When we feel that we don't have very much to offer God, remember that little is much in his hands. That little is much in his hands, but may we be willing to commit into his hands what we do have and see him provide more than enough. We don't always understand how God works, but he does work in mysterious ways even when we don't recognize it. The only survivor of a shipwreck was washed up on a small uninhabited island. He prayed and he prayed for God to rescue him. Day after day, he scanned the horizon to try and see if he could see anybody, but no one was in sight. One day he decided that he couldn't take it anymore and he finally stopped counting the days that he was there and lost hope. Exhausted, he eventually managed to build a little hut out of driftwood to protect himself from the elements and store up the few possessions that he had left with him. One day after scavenging for food, he came back only to find that his little hut The little hut that he built for protection was up in flames. It had caught on fire and it was engulfed in flames. Everything that he had, the little that he had, was all lost. He was stunned with grief and anger by calling out, God, how could you do this to me? God, how could you allow this to happen? I had so little and you took it all away from me. Early the next day, however, he awakened by the sound of a ship that had come to rescue him. How did you know I was here, he asked the man. The man said, well, we saw your smoke signal and we came to your rescue. You see, we may not always understand how God works, but he works even when we think that he is not. He is at work on our behalf. And we may say he's working behind the scenes. And so when we can't see his hand, we can trust his heart and know that he is with us. Today, we may feel like the widow in the story. We may feel like there is hardships and there is problems all around us. But remember that God walks with us through those hardships. We may feel that we don't have very much, but remember to focus on what you have instead of what you don't have. Remember to help and support others who are in need, in their time of need, with what you do have and what you're able to give. And remember that we must do our part 
and trust God for the rest. And of course, when we trust God, he will always provide more than enough. God is at work in the midst of all that we go through. And when we say that we can't, he reminds us that we can. There's a poem that says, we say, I'm too tired. God says, I will give you rest. We say, nobody loves me. God says, I love you. We say, I can't go on. God says, my grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in weakness. We may say, I can't figure things out. God says, I will direct your steps. We may say, I can't do it. God says, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. We may say, it's not worth it. God says, I am working all things together for your good. We may say, I can't forgive myself. God says, but I forgive you. We may say, I can't manage. But God says, I will supply every need according to my glorious riches. We may say, I'm afraid and I'm scared. God tells us, fear not, for I am with you. We may say, I'm worried. God says, cast all your cares on me, for I care for you. We may say, I'm not smart enough. God says, I give you the wisdom of my son Jesus and his righteousness and sanctification and redemption. We say, I feel all alone, that no one is with me. God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. We say, it's just impossible. It's not possible. God says, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, that despite what we go through in this life, that you remind us that you are right there in the midst of it all. God, we thank you that even when things don't seem to make sense, that you are working behind the scenes, that you are working all things together for your people. And so, Lord, may you help us to continue to trust you. May you help us to do our part. May you help us to use what we have, to stop focusing on all the things that we don't have or all the things that we wish that we had. But thank you, Lord, for your many blessings upon us. Thank you for what you have bestowed upon us, for what you have given us. And we pray that you would continue to help us to serve you faithfully to use what we have to bring honor and glory to you in every aspect of our lives. We know that at the end of the day, all of these material things will fade away, but one thing remains, and that is you and your love. And so, God, we thank you. We pray for your blessings upon each one here. We pray that you would continue to help us to become the men and the women that you've called us to be and to continue to live out the truths that are in your scripture, in your holy word. And we thank you, O oh God, for your leading, for your guidance, and for your direction. In the powerful name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.